Welcome to The Positive Effect. My name's April Sobral, and I am the founder of RetailU.ca and the author of The Positive Effect, a retail leader's guide to changing the world. I've had an amazing 25-year career in retail where I've traveled across the globe. I have worked and inspired thousands of leaders. And in this weekly podcast, I bring to you my retail friends and network conversations that will inspire you and encourage you to further your career in retail or beyond. We talk about leadership lessons learned and tips and tricks that can help you be a successful leader. So get ready to be inspired. And if you're looking for more leadership development, sign up at www.retailu.ca. And I'll see you on a live call soon. All right, we're live. I'm so excited. It's Wednesday. We're back with a live broadcast. And today on The Positive Effect, I'm featuring Almira Quizon. Is that how you say your last name? Yes, Quizon. Quizon, okay. And um, I'm so excited. So every week we show up live. We have a conversation about retail and leadership. My name's April, and I'm the host of The Positive Effect and the author of a book called The Positive Effect and the founder of Retail You. But it's not about me today. It's all about Ali. And I am thrilled to have you on because, you know, this conversation weekly is about bringing to light about lessons learned and inspiring our future leaders that retail is an amazing career and the effect of their leadership that they have on others. And so that's what we're going to be talking about today. But before we get into it, and I'm going to ask Ali a ton of questions, I want to share a story of how we actually met, because <laughs> this is a really amazing story. So I think it was about, I want to say, five, at least five years ago, right? Probably five, yes, five years probably. ago. <laughs> probably, maybe over that. Um, anyway, we we were featured in a book called Your Turn, which was put together by Melody Adami, and she was piecing together basically for the 150-year celebration of Canada, 150 successful women leaders. And she had reached out to a ton of people, uh, some women, right? And she'd emailed um, people and kind of narrowed down who she wanted to be featured in this book. And we actually got chosen out of all of these women leaders in Canada to be featured as the top 150 women leaders in Canada. And we got to write something about our leadership, what we believed in, in this book. And we were the only retail leaders featured in that book. And so- you told me this a few minutes ago, I did not know, this is fantastic. Yeah, so we met that that way. And I think what's so amazing about that story is number one, we were featured in it as successful women and we met each other because of that. And also just having that that retail that love for retail and that kind of network. And you know, when I met you for the first time at the event when they said, you know, come downtown Toronto, it was in this nice shishi kind of like upscale loft event. And I got to meet you and I was like, oh my God. Like, I can't believe we're featured in this book together and we got to talk about it. And that was just, and then since then, we've stayed in touch. 
dating patch the entire time. We've actually collaborated on a few things. I've called you for some advice because you and I share very similar passions. That's retail and leadership. So it was easy to connect with you. And you're also very bold because you're the one that approached and you started that conversation. I'm so glad for it. Now we're we're connected for life. So it's oh, great. Yeah, we're, we're, we're like, yeah, connected by our love of retail, which is awesome. So I'm going to jump right into it um, and just start asking you a whole ton of questions. And I, I have to keep myself organized. So I've got my questions on my phone because we can talk. <laughs> just talk. But the next half an hour is all about getting as much out of you as we can so that our viewers and our audience can learn from your inspiring stories. So I'm going to start off with you telling us a bit about your journey, um, your retail career, and how it started. Okay. And then we'll get into milestones along the way. Perfect. Perfect. Well, it's, uh, I think my story is not dissimilar to many retailers and it's very similar to your story as well, too. Um, retail is, is something that I think most of us did as a part-time job when you're young and uh, when you're in high school and in university. And for my particular case, I mean, my story is kind of funny. I actually was an Avon lady at the age of 12. So yes, that was legal back then that you can be working at the age of 12. But uh, I had such a passion for connecting with people and, and selling and interacting that um, it, it's something that I was actually um, good at. So I was, um, sorry, there's a bit of an echo <laughs> because I have my husband watching on the side as well too. Uh, for me, it was really, really important that, that love for retail because, you know, it, it kept me going for many, many years. In fact, that's what I did all throughout high school, all throughout university, I took part-time jobs. I've sold furniture, jewelry, car, you name it. I tried it, I've sold it, but the skill is still the same. The skill, the skill is still the same. And that, that comes from a love for interacting with people, um, building confidence for a brand and really making them happy. And that's something I really enjoyed and love. Fast forward now, um, I had the wonderful opportunity to really cut my teeth and learn about retail with the Alder Group, where I, I had an opportunity to become a store manager, a district manager, even a training buyer in Montreal. And then uh, I also had the opportunity, of course, to spend nine wonderful years, I guess. And let me tell you, that experience I had. Wow. That's such a long years. time. <laughs> in retail. From being a district manager to a regional director to a national director of stores uh, in my final years and then obviously being a vice president at Holt Renfrew in sales and strategy and business develop development and then at Roots Canada where I was the executive vice president who helped the company go IPO. So that's kind of um, in a nutshell my, my career path um, in, in retail. That's such an amazing story and you have had such a positive effect on people that you've worked with. When I posted that we were gonna go live with you and actually get to chat with you, I think it was the most engagement I've ever got on one of these <laughs> shows. And I have interviewed and tried to recruit people from your team over the years. And I can tell you that they don't leave you. Like They, they follow you around. And, and you've always been exceptionally well-trained. That's what I remember about your time at Guess is that everybody, because when you were at Guess, I was at Laura, and I was trying to recruit people back then because they were so well-trained. And actually, my business partner, um, Jane, her daughter, her part-time job was at Guess as well. And she learned a ton there. She talks about the training that was there at your time um, when you were leading the charge there. So really good oh, legacy that you've left over here in Canada. <laughs> I'm blessed. I've had, a, I've had the opportunity to learn from a lot of great leaders, and I'm blessed that uh, I've had a, an amazing team, especially in Roots and Guess. I mean, uh, you, I, I could talk about the team that I had there endlessly. They're fantastic people. 
So tell us about, I've got my questions because we've got, we've got half an hour to get as much out of you as, as we can. So tell us about milestones, milestones along the way and then, and then move into like what are some memorable moments in your career and why? Well, I think that I'll be able to answer that in, in a few questions. So the milestones was easily established through, I guess, every company that I worked, um, I worked in, but I'm going to start with a pivotal, pivotal moment in my career. And that's when I was working at uh, the Alder Group. You see, like you and like everybody else, a lot of us um, go to school, you have these big dreams of, of doing something different, but just end up falling in love with the retail. And um, I think that I never thought of retail as a career until I met a man named Denis Mayer. And at that time, he was a national director for, for, for all the divisions. And at that time, the division was called Transit. It's called Call It Spring Now. And I was getting recruited. I was a store manager for Spree. And um, a supervisor was trying to recruit me to, to move over to the older group. And I was like, but this is the same thing. I'm just managing a store. Uh, what, what else could I possibly do? You know, I, I'm, I'm, I always thought, you know, I'm meant to be a psychologist. My degree is <laughs> in psychology. That's what I'm going to do. And so he's like, well, be open-minded, be open-minded, meet, meet the director. You know, he's, he's, he's um, quite sensational. I think you'll enjoy the conversation. Anyways, two hours later into the conversation, I'm really enjoying the, the, the contents of what we're discussing. And he's asking me a lot of really good questions. He's talking to me about people development, what inspires me, um, why I love retail and, and why I've been in it for so long. And the last question he asked, he said, okay, so um, where do you see yourself in the future? And I was like, oh, God, do I lie? Do I lie? <laughs> I'm going to get my master's. That's what I'm going to do. I'm taking this um, job so that way I could, you know, I could pay my bills. But I'm always going to love retail, but I want to be uh, a psychologist. And, and uh, I said, you know what? I'm going to tell them the truth. I love retail. I absolutely love retail. I have a passion for it. But in the future, I'd like to get my master's and become a psychologist. And he goes, mm, no, I don't, I don't really see that for you. What do you mean you don't see that? He goes, well, first of all, let me tell you. Do you not understand retail? And I said, well, what do you mean that? He goes, retail, you're a psychologist every day. You get to use that. In fact, many people in different trades, many people graduated with multiple degrees, and you're able to apply that in retail. I said, okay, okay, whatever. You're, you're, you're just saying that because no, no, really. I, I don't actually see you as a psychologist. I see you actually in more of a leadership capacity. Like, do you ever think of becoming a supervisor or district manager? And I said, no, it's never, it's never occurred to me. He goes, well, I'm going to let you think about that. Go home and think about it. And I, I, really, I really thought about it. And that was one of those moments in my life where I realized there was somebody that's taking me in my life in a different perspective. And it was a, an important moment because it was the first time in my life that I saw myself having a career in retail. Mm. I was very, very happy. I went back to him. I said, okay, what's it going to take to be more than a manager? He goes, you got to win. You got to be passionate. You got to develop people. You got to love your people. You got to teach your people. Um, but you also have to have um, success and results, but through your people, not through just your personal achievement. And I was very lucky because in one year I was promoted. I not only did I get Rookie of the Year that year, and uh, we had some good awards. Our team won a lot of great awards, but I was also promoted that year, that year mm. to a supervisor. That's such a that's such a great story for people to hear because again there's so many like us that went into retail as a part-time job and were thinking about it until we did what we were supposed to be doing from our education but then actually grew 
and continue to grow, drive results through a team people approach. He gave you such good words of wisdom and that's such great advice for people to hear. I mean, I remember when I got recruited as well from a store manager to be a, a district manager when I was at Banana and I was never gonna leave Banana. I absolutely loved it. I mean, it was Banana Republic, it was Gap Inc. It was this amazing brand. I was running the highest volume store in Canada. And then, you know, the VP of the store next door was recruited me and I was like, hmm, I don't know about that. You know, this is, I'm gonna, I'm doing this until whatever, but yeah. And then she said, what's the worst thing can happen? I can train you to be a DM and then you can go back to be banana as a DM. And I was like, hmm, okay, <laughs> I'll take that so challenge on. So these, these pivots. Yeah, the, you, you meet these people that make you think differently, mm -hmm. that inspire you to want more in something that you like to do because sometimes people think that retail is a dead end job. Yeah. In fact, it's probably one of the greatest career choices I've made is to stay um, in, in retail. It's, um, it's been wonderful and I've had the opportunity to be a stock associate, to a sales associate, to, to an executive and I didn't skip steps. And I'm grateful yeah. for that. What, what he made me realize is that I could be that person that could inspire people to love retail. That was an important lesson. And I think what you're saying about not skipping steps, you know, I used to, I'm sure when you were visiting stores, people would always ask me, how did you get to your role? How do I get into an office job? How do I, you know, there's always this mystery about being in this amazing office job, but really where the fun is, is in the stores. And I think that you went through that store experience so that you understood how you could help and support the the field teams once you once you got to that role. And I think that's really important for people to hear. And I think you can't skip steps, right? Like it really does give you an amazing foundation when you go through the store experience, but also be inspired by these conversations, especially what Ali's sharing that if you wanna make a bigger difference, go through the steps and then use that and then get that experience and then work your way up so that you can come back and help all the store teams because you've had, you've had that firsthand. Right, so important. Okay, next question. What was the biggest lesson learned? Well, there are so many lessons that I've learned, but I'm gonna to speak to um, something that maybe reinforced something that I've always known in my gut. Um, and it was a gentleman by the name of David Schiavetti. He was the vice president at Guess at the time. I was a regional director and he's, he's such a great leader as well too. And he, he's the type of leader that was very raw and very direct and very to the point. But he makes you think. He makes you think a bit critically. And uh, so as a regional director, we were looking for a supervisor to promote or a district manager to promote. My district manager at the time said, I have a great manager. Uh, please meet her. I'm not going to name the name. So I met this manager. And the manager, you know, checked off the boxes. I mean, she was in a store for less than a year, but she had great sales, um, controlled shrink results. Um, she successioned a few people. And so she checked off the boxes. And so when David came around, he says, I'd like to meet some of the people that you're thinking of promoting. I said, okay. So I bring David to the store. I, I said, okay. So I'm expecting that David's going to spend at least a half an hour to an hour speaking and engaging with her, really figuring out her talents and skills so I could get the go ahead to promote. Um, and it was really, really funny. After 10 minutes, he comes back. It was okay. I'm done. So what do you mean you're done? Because I'm, I'm done. I, I have I have all the information I need to know about her. And I said you didn't get to know her. He goes I don't have to. And it, and I said okay. So he asked me. So this is the person you're planning to promote. I said yes. Because tell me why you're going to promote her. Because well she's achieved this 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 and this and this. Because okay. But let me ask you this question. And it was a very uh, smart way of making me think. 
he said, now you're making her the district manager um, of Windsor. It's four hours away from Toronto. Do you say, hey, so-and-so, um, let's meet at Starbucks and let's drive four hours together at Windsor? Or do you say, I'll meet you in Windsor? And I said, I would say, I'll meet you in Windsor. Now I've told this story so many times and I'm sure there's a lot of people that are on this call right now that's heard me, heard me say the story, but it's an important one because at that moment I understood what he's saying. If I don't want to spend four hours in a car with somebody, how am I going to want to spend four hours developing them? Mm. Our whole responsibility as a leader is to invest time in our people. It's my responsibility to help them grow and learn. But I can't do that if I don't have that connection. If I don't feel that, um, uh, you know, that spark that you have, the commonality, or that I want to spend time with them. So it's important that as a leader that you pick people that you really connect with, that you have tremendous chemistry with, because the more you connect with them, the more time you want to spend with them. And I have um, had the pleasure of driving to Windsor over and over again with a multitude of people that I love spending time with. And those mm. are the people that I help grow and develop and succession into the next role. That's such good advice. Wow. I've never, nobody's ever said that to me in my career. I'm going to take that one away from you today. That's amazing advice. It's what I got and it's what I teach. I call it the Windsor Drive effect. <laughs> All that story. And everybody who's ever worked with me knows that story because it's an important lesson. All your gut, work with people that you love being with. And um, you'll always invest in them. You'll always go to bat for them and they'll always grow from it. I feel like there's a book coming out of you sometime in the future <laughs> with your stories. <laughs> I have some great stories, I think. All right. That was brilliant. Okay. Next question. All right. Um, what this, I, I, I think this is a great question. I'm stealing this from Ron Thurston, actually. He has a live every Saturday where it's called Live with Ron on Saturdays. And it's a whole group of retail leaders from everywhere, all roles, all positions, or anybody that works with retail people. And he asked us this question last Saturday and he said, what uh, do you wish someone had told you uh, when you started your career that you wish you knew now? Like, what do you wish somebody had told you? Because I think that's helpful as well. When because it's always great to reflect back, um, because we have so many lessons learned. Um, so yeah, what would you what would you say? You wish you knew. I I, I think that the notion of trying to be perfect and um, mm. pressure and the stress that you put on yourself to hide your flaws, not show your imperfections, and, and just show everybody your best all the time. And that notion of personal perfection is just so false. It's in fact inhibiting. It doesn't allow you to grow. It doesn't allow you to connect with your team properly because it doesn't allow you to be humble. It doesn't make you real. So for me, I wish somebody told me that you don't have to be so perfect or strong. <laughs> perfect and you don't have to be so polished and you you could be raw you could be authentic you could be you so if i have fire in my belly that's okay too that's the yeah. way i express myself there's nothing wrong with that i don't have to be political to win mm. i realize that and i i embrace my natural self and my embrace my natural leadership style and i was very lucky because i i worked i ended up working for leaders that really encouraged me to be me and not um not to be a apologetic. So I became unapologetic for who I am as a leader. And instead of um, trying to hide my flaws, I learned how to control them. And I learned how to um, cultivate my strengths. But I also learned how to listen. So when I got feedback from people, I, I really learned to acknowledge it, 
hold myself accountable and say, you know what, I can be better. And the more I held myself accountable, the more I actually listened to what somebody was telling me, understood what they were trying to, to tell me and understood it came from a good spot, I became less defensive and I became less concerned about being perfect, but more being me and being the natural leader that, that I am today. And That's I brilliant. I mean, I grew up in an era where I worked for huge corporations at the beginning of my career. I remember being 19 years old and doing a store visit with Don and Doris Fisher from Gap at Marble Arch. I remember being um, around that age as well when Starbucks came to the UK and Howard Schultz actually came to my store and did a store visit. And I remember the pressure of like everything having to be like, I mean, we, we did crazy nights, evenings and stuff like that, like to get stores ready for, for corporate visits. And, and I love what you're saying because I always felt like that pressure as I grew to kind of be politically correct. And when I embraced as well, my flaws and what I'm not necessarily perfect at, um, I think it made me a better leader because I think I grew up in a bit of a, you know, um, like put your emotions aside as a leader, which is important because you don't, like you talked about right now, just controlling your flaws and not having, you know, like, you know, not maybe not having emotional reactions with people, but you still have to emotionally connect with people. Right. And I think that I learned that later on in my career. And I wish that somebody had told me earlier the same thing, like just be yourself. But I think that's a life journey, right? Like we all struggle with that all the yeah. time. When you're young and when you're trying to grow in retail, you always think that showing everybody that you're perfect gets you the promotion, but it's not actually true. It's about showing that you're vulnerable and showing your imperfections and that you're willing to work through it. And you're going to surround yourself with people that are actually stronger than you and not being afraid of that and learning from that. I think that's a really important lesson that I certainly Huge. Huge. And it is about your people and those successes. So what do you... Um, what, what's one of your biggest successes in your career? I mean, you've got many, like you've got a huge, huge legacy over here in Toronto and Canada and North America. But like, what would you say you're proud of, like one of your biggest successes? Because I know that when people look at us, they can say, well, you've done this and this and this. But we have those moments where we feel really proud of our biggest successes in our career. So what's one for you? Absolutely. I think people naturally think that when we talk about our biggest success, it's about sales results. And right. I think absolutely so thrilled about achieving the results, winning awards, being acknowledged. I'm, I'm grateful that I've been acknowledged for my performance, but there is nothing, absolutely nothing in the world to me more important and more rewarding than watching other people grow. And knowing that I've been able to help a manager um, five years ago become a district manager and how I made a district manager, a regional director. I was able to do that uh, multiple times in my career. And that's because I had the talent and I had open-minded people around me that allowed me to give them very direct, uh, not always positive feedback, but constructive feedback, but they took it to heart and they took it personally. And I'm, I'm proud of that. And, and when I say by taking it personally, I mean that there is no delineation between Ali's a professional and um, Almir personally. I am who I am. So if, if I'm a good and honest person personally, I'm a good and honest person professionally. Mm. And so gives me feedback and says, don't take it personally. Well, there's no delineation. No, I take it personally because what doesn't move me doesn't change me. Mm. And it has to be something that moves me, whether it be out of frustration or tears or sheer inspiration. If it moves you, it changes you. 
And so the direct feedback that I got always helped. And I've always applied that to, to my team. I've always been a very honest person, but they've always been very welcoming. They've always understood that the feedback that I'm giving them is coming from a position of love. And I want them to grow and I want them to be better. And I'm really, really proud in my career of everything is that I've been able to help people become VPs, directors, store managers, and move on to different departments. So I'm really proud of that. Yeah, feedback is so um, important. Like I had a piece of feedback. You're just making, when you're talking, you're making me think about this feedback that I got earlier on in my career. I write about it in the book and I had a store manager um, when I was at Banana Republic in Florida. And I remember her saying to me, you know, April, when you close the store, you don't really do all the details of the closing checklist. And, you know, you're a bit sloppy, let's say. And I was like, right? And I was like, but I'm so good at lead. I'm so good at leading the floor. I'm so good with customer service. I'm so good at developing people. And she said to me, yeah, but when it comes time to promote you because of all of that, you need everybody on this team to know why you got promoted and not and to support you in that and to never have one thing that they can say, well, why did she get it and not me? And your sloppiness, it sounds really small of your closing notes or your administration duties. She said, they're going to be looking at you like, why did you get it? She said, when you get promoted, people are always looking at what you're not doing, not what you are doing um, internally. And I was like, whoa. And that kicked my butt. Like, I was like, okay, I'm going to like, you know, dot the I's, cross the T's. And when it came time to be promoted, I had everybody's support. So sometimes that hard feedback at the time feels really um, tough or, you know, like take it personal. But yeah, take it personal because that's what's going to leave you. It moved you and that changed you. It changed your outlook. It changed your perspective. Say, like, yeah, you know what? So for me as a leader, if I were to give anybody some advice, move people, impact mm. them say daring things to them, but make them think differently. It's not just about the results as a leader that you talk about. It's about how you could change their lives. And I believe in retail, you change people's lives. I'm responsible for changing people's lives through um, coaching them, training them, but also telling them when they're, when they're not doing the right thing and it's not okay and it's not acceptable. It's okay to tell people that. That's how they learn. And that's certainly how I learned. And that's just being honest. I was coaching a leader the other day on this exact uh, subject. She's a, an entrepreneur, new leader, right? Got an, hired her first employee. And I'm like, just ask, the, give the feedback and then ask them how they're going to do it. Like, how are they going to make a difference? How are they going to, what are they going to do with this feedback? That's not micromanaging. That's being supportive. It's like, walk me through so that I can coach you on that and, and what you're going to, what you're doing well and what you can maybe enhance or improve on, right? Like it's, it's, it's what we do all day, but people have a hard time with conflict, Ali. <laughs> I know, it, it, but, and that's it. And that's why, remember I was talking about that chemistry, that trust, that connection. When you have that trust in somebody, you trust that they mean well, but you mm. have to establish that. that. That's something that you earn as a leader. You build that trust through time, not because they have to, because you're their leader, but you have to earn it. You have to earn it and you have to make sure that they understand that you're doing this for the right intentions. And again, that takes time, but that comes with chemistry because you wouldn't waste time on, on, on talking about these things with people you don't believe in. That's why it's right. people on mm. your team that you love and that you believe in. Mm. So what advice would you give to everybody watching this? 
Uh, you know, there's there's a hot there's managers, directors, DMs, like our following on Retail U is just everybody that's basically in retail internally um, and trying to grow their career and really develop their leadership skills and take on more. So what advice, if you were going to give us any advice, words of wisdom from Ali, what would that be? I think it's um, people ask me often how you win. And I think for me, one of the things that I've, um, I've really understood through my experience is that I never compromise my standards for somebody's temporary failure. Mm. It's my role to elevate them to my standard. And I think that at times we fall into a trap, well, this person just can't do it. So I'm just going to do it for them. Or this person just isn't going to be successful. So I'm just going to compromise this here um, in order you know, to just move on with my day but you have to maintain a standard, but never compromise your standard for somebody's temporary weakness at that moment. It's, it's your job to teach them how to get there. So I have a, a very, very quick story to tell you. And it's, um, it's a story about a, a store manager. And again, I, I come from a, a place of um, good intentions, but I had the opportunity at um, guests to always bring a group of people to Los Angeles. And this is a coveted event. Everybody wants to go. I pick um, a handful of managers that okay, cannot really handle 25 to 50 managers, depending on the season. Right. And get to represent Canada. So it's a, it's a bit of a recognition reward. I visited her store and she said, well, why didn't you pick me? And I simply looked at her and I said, because you weren't deserving of it. And I said, and she goes, well, what would make me deserving of this? And I gave her a list of all the things that she needed to do. And um, she goes, okay, one day I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to come with you to LA. I said, because I'm not going to compromise these standards. You have to be able to achieve these results and succession people and, and demonstrate that you're, you're able to talk in public, that you're a great leader. And she worked on it and she worked on it. The following year, she went um, to Los Angeles and I had the privilege of working with her um, a few years later at, uh, at Roots. And she also became manager of the year at Roots because a person with grit, person with determination, a person who understands that not all feedback, all negative feedback mm -hmm. criticism isn't meant to hurt you, it's meant to, to, to make you better. So it's just understanding that leaders don't compromise that standard, elevate them, elevate mm -hmm. them how to be better and reach that standard. That's amazing. John Maxwell has this thing that he says, um, I'm a John C. Maxwell team member, right? and he always says on a scale of one to 10, think of leadership on a scale of one to 10, 10 being the highest. So if you're a seven, you'll probably get a five working for you. And as you move up that scale, you'll get a higher level and to never again, like you said, never compromise and to bring people with you. And I think my advice for everybody, whenever they ask me that question is to prove that you can develop other leaders and like elevate and succession plan because a lot of managers get promoted because they're great sellers, work really hard, do more hours, right? But I think the changing point for me was when I realized I had that moment, I was like, I can't do 60 hours and do it well. And also when I started to leave my store and be like, I'm leaving because I have to let them, you know, learn, make the mistakes, trust them. And I also have to develop them to do things when I'm not around because the more you grow in retail, the more you manage remote teams, that's a real thing. So you can't be everywhere all of the time. No. You have to have trust and, and inspire and influence people to want to do the right thing for you, right? Because you're not there holding their hand. No, and, and the benchmark of a, of a really, really good leader, I don't, I don't measure somebody's leadership to be exceptional if I don't see that the people that they've successioned actually also are successful, even mm -hmm. in their absence, especially in their absence. 
So when a store manager leaves for a week on vacation, the way I know that store manager is good is that that assistant manager is able to step up and knock it out of the park. And that's how it is really good because they've, they've, they've taught their, their, their team how to excel in their absence. 100%. So those are our words of wisdom from Ali. We're going to wrap up in a minute. We're hitting around 30 minutes. We like to keep it short and sweet so that people can watch the replay and listen in. Uh, but you heard it. It's like, it's not a no brainer. It's develop your team. It's like take feedback. It's, you know, what you have grit, have perseverance, don't lower your standards. There's so many great words of wisdom and allow people to have conversations with you that shift your perspective and that you're open to it. And also do that for others. Um, yeah. Because, you know, leadership is all about mentorship and passing that on. And so it's so important. And what you shared about, yeah, when a manager is on vacation, what happens to that store? I mean, I have I have the exact same perspective as you. So, you know, this is what we're doing at Retail U. We, we built Retail U to develop the tools and the resources for leaders to be able to have what I always built everywhere I went, basically, or, you know, saw all of my DM teams running around trying to find TED Talks <laughs> and, yeah. and articles and spending time doing that when they could just be spending time coaching people. So that's what we've done at Retail U. And so I'm just so grateful to have you in my retail network and be friends for life and to be able nice. to have brought you on to the positive effect and, you know, just learned so much great words of wisdom for you today. And thank you to everybody that was watching and, in, and listening in. And I hope anybody watching and finding this feed, share it, share it with your retail network, share it with, um, you know, people, you know, that, uh, that want learning and development and are pursuing a career in retail, because that's what we're here to do to bring these conversations to life so that, you know, I'm lucky. I have an amazing retail network of friends like Ali. And so this is my mission to share our words of wisdom for a new generation. We didn't have these kind of platforms back when we were growing up through our retail careers, right? So it's um, it's important well, to hear it. It's a great time and, and definitely what you're doing, April, is, is really admirable because you make people um, understand that retail is a real career. And there's also help along the way that you could get. And it's not just about learning from your boss, because I think a lot of people expect that it's their boss's responsibility to teach you something new. Actually, it's your responsibility. It's your response. Your future is in your hands. So the more that you get out there, the more of these seminars that you listen to and the more courses that you take, only better your future. So understand that you're in control of your future and uh, take the opportunity to learn and grow and be sponge and be curious. Yeah, so thank you. Well said. And so we're going to be watching you from across the pond. <laughs> you, you left Canada last year for you know personal reasons, and we respected that. We we miss you <laughs> over here in the retail community. Thank you. Thank, thanks so much, Ali. Bye, Bye everybody. Bye.